Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be here with you today. I um, always love getting together with those who like to worship the Lord. And, you know, we can come to Him when we're doing really well, and we can come to Him when we're low, and we can come to Him when we're uptight, and we can come to Him when we're relaxed. Amen? I'm, I'm glad that's that kind of God. Each week I've been trying to uh, do a, a, a helpful, be helpful in letting you know what is going on in the week prior, the last seven days uh, that this church body's been part of, that you've been part of, uh, whether you were there or just through being part of this body. Um, last Thursday we all hosted a candlelight vigil here, uh, which filled this uh, worship center. It was beautiful, tender uh, for the families that lost loved ones in a fire a week before. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful time. Uh, we found also that, oops, let me back up here. Uh, we also in the last week have had people um, in the schools. We have teachers and helpers there, but we also, like Pastor Tyler and other ministers have gone into the schools to provide counseling uh, and to be there. And there was a, a thank you that was sent to us uh, from uh, Charter Oak, and I thought you might like to, to hear it. Look up, Riley. So, you know, I get those little things, and I thought you all might like to, to have that. So it was really, really neat to see what the community has been doing. You know, the picture of a wash basin and towel really is what I think this church uh, does so well, and that is washing feet or serving others, you know, humbling ourselves and, and serving, and we did such a great job. Saturday, uh, we had actually, we hosted the, the services for that family, uh, four beautiful lives uh, that was taken to heaven before anybody had planned it, at least on this side of heaven. And uh, this room was filled. People were, we, we had over, overstuffed the room with chairs and they've already been removed, but, uh, and people were standing around the perimeter of the room. The, lot, the foyer, it, it had over 138 people lined up in chairs. The other building had two or 300. Um, God has made this facility or allowed this facility to be an in, a, a tool, an instrument of care and love to this community. Many churches came together to make that possible. Uh, and I just want to say thank you from, uh, I, I, we call them shout outs in the staff meeting. We want to do a shout out. I want to shout out to the staff and the volunteers that helped make that possible for you and the prayers that made it possible, whether it was set up, take down, cleaning doors, parking lot. I was out there in a suit and we were doing things in the parking lot that I didn't know I'd be doing, but it, it was a great thing. There's a lot of cars. In fact, the um, lower left is the baseball field was full of cars. I mean, we had that many cars. It was just, it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see the body of Christ coming together. So thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. And help us be more of that and more of that. That's just, yeah. Another thing I introduced just last week, and you'll hear more and more about it. We are bringing back, a, a, we call it Mission Guthrie last week, but somebody said, well, how about Logan County or how about Central Oklahoma? So I just call it Summer Mission, but taking VBS and the Freedom Festival and putting it together. So save the date. June 29 is the event all day long with fireworks at the end, but June 28th we'll set up, we'll have a prayer service at the end of that night. Um, it's going to be an awesome opportunity in preparation for that. Some of the first 
first things that you may begin to see us do is just north here along the tree line. Actually, our property goes even further back, and we are beginning to clear that area in the purple and relocate the aerobic septic sprinklers. Either that or we thought about a splash pad at the, at the festival. <laughs> But uh, we thought it'd be better to, to relocate them to the yellow move to the blue and the red. Anyway, it's, it's, it's really a, a blessing to, to serve here with you and allow God to grow me and you and all of us together while we serve the community. So thank you. Uh, we have an intro video to today's lesson. So if you'll direct your attention to the screen, let's take a look. this series for a number of weeks. We have one more to go and you don't want to miss next week. It's talking about when we don't get to those destinations. What do you do with those things? But, but I wanted to, to kind of just use an illustration. I, this is a little squeeze ball that I have uh, that was, I've been using with the hand surgery I had last year. But anyway, I, I was noticing that uh, it would be a great illustration to talk about why in the world do we keep going over and over these Proverbs and they some, most of them kind of sound the same, just a little different. And actually, uh, the Lord wanted it that way. They it knew that we needed to see things from various angles of the same truth said a little differently. And so I use this little ball. It, it's hard to see, but it's a globe with, with continents. In the, and so here's the United States. And if all we ever did is looked at a truth from one place or one point of reference, you wouldn't realize what was all part of that same truth, all the other di- dimensions. And so Proverbs is us taking uh, this wisdom of God and allowing us to see it from a lot of different directions to get a whole truth about things. If you remember me saying this early in the series that Billy Graham uh, was known to uh, stay. Okay. All right. Billy Graham was known to, sorry about that. He was not cooperating. Uh, to read a psalm a day, uh, excuse me, a Proverbs a day and five psalms a day. The psalms helped him know how to relate to the Lord and the Proverbs how, how to relate here on earth to others. And so it's a great uh, aspect for us to be reading the Proverbs and having that part of our truth. This series is called The Path, and it, it was a great kickoff into the new year. 29 times, or over 29 times in the book of Proverbs, this term, the path, or a pathway, is referred to. And in fact, in uh, Proverbs one fifteen, here are just some brief examples of where we can find that. It says, my son, do not go along with them. Do not set your foot on their paths for their feet rush into sin. That's one of those paths you don't want to step into. It, it takes you in the, the wrong direction. When you take a look at Proverbs 2, 9, 
It says that, that when you understand what is right and just and fair, now that's a good thing to know, right? Right, just, and fair. Not just being right all the time, but also just and being fair. Every good path, it's a very good, and you think about that when you say, well, those kinds of paths are, are probably a really good thing uh, to be a, a part of. And then the next one in Proverbs uh, 3, 6, we find what? We says, in all your ways, how many of them? But the ways is a pathway. It's a way of life. It's a, it's a direction. It says, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Those are some great examples of that. But I want to add one little piece to that. If you go to Proverbs 4, 6, another dimension, it says, make level paths. Okay, another path for your feet and take only ways that are firm. And again, these pathways that, that we want to, 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 to be a part of. And so when you think of life and we apply that, uh, those, are, those all work. In fact, what we've been learning is that your direction determines your destination. And everybody goes, wow, that's profound. But it's so simple, but so real. And that applies not only geographically, it pl- applies in life itself. Your what? Let's read it out loud together. Your direction determines your destination. If you're wanting to go to Canada and you turn south on I-35 and drive a long ways, you won't reach Canada. Sometimes good intentions, sometimes our heart, we think, well, I just hope in time. No, your direction determines your destination. This morning, I want to add a qualifier. We've been learning about this principle of the path. I want to add this qualifier because I believe you'll get it and you'll say, wow, that's actually gives a little more clarity, but here it is. What gets your attention determines your direction. What gets your attention, what has your attention determines your direction. If you can take those two principles and look at them. So the path is the direction determines, but let's start with your attention determines your direction and your direction determines your destination. Do you see all that that goes together? How many of you ever driven a car and you're on the right road and you're in your lane and and you're really following all the laws of the land and the speed limit and you're going where you're wanting to go and you see something over there on the side of the road, a deer or something pretty, you know, what happens if you keep looking at it long enough? Do you see what I'm saying? Whatever gets your attention can adjust. You may be on a, in a great direction. You may be on the right path, but if you're not careful, your focus can take you somewhere. It's interesting that uh, in the United States, that has come about in the fact of texting, or they actually call it uh, being distracted while driving, which in a minute, I'm going to show you some pictures and maybe you can you see what I'm talking about. But texting while driving, everything in the green says all drivers are not to drive and text. Now, can I tell you something? This message has already stepped on my toes. Not that I'm text, but how many read text or how many, I mean, how many touch your phone while driving? Woo! Don't, don't raise any hands, okay? So I'm already feeling bad. All right. But think about it. And in some states, you can't even actually be on the phone. You can use an in-ear or a wireless, but you can't even hold an electronic device. But here's some other things that happen. When you're, you, you're a great driver, you passed all the tests, you, you, you've been accident-free up until now, right? And I don't know if you can, can identify with anything. Here's somebody who's trying to eat and drive. Here's somebody's putting on their makeup. Somebody's checking their GPS because you need to know that you're going the right place, but you should probably do that while you're standing still. Okay. Uh, but one person's got the office and they're, 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 I think she's on the phone doing the keyboard, looking at the paper, trying to drive. And I don't know what's in her hand, 
But anyway, maybe a, a Tootsie Pop, I don't know. And then over here, now this, this one, I know, I know this group right over here especially. Wouldn't you all agree with me? Man, they like to jam it. Man, they got the, the music going and they get a little carried away and take their hands off the wheel. Or maybe it's this group over here, I don't know. Which one is it? Which one is it? Do you all think it's that group? Let's, let's see. All right, I think, they, I think they got a little more spirit. How about this side? Yeah, it's them. All right. You know, so what gets your attention determines your direction. And, and it's, it's a great thing to know that 3,000 years ago it was the same thing with humans. And so Solomon writes about that in, in the Proverbs, Proverbs 4.25. And it says this, it says, look, let your eyes look straight ahead. Now this sounds like something you need to put on the dashboard of scripture, okay? Let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you, make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve, <laughs> see what I mean? Swerve, it depends on your translation. Okay. Swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot off the accelerator. No, off evil, from evil, excuse me. But in other words, your destination is determined, what? By your direction. But your direction is determined by what holds or captivates your attention. I'd like to tell you about captivation. I know I love the devotion this morning, but I'm going to take it in a good way, at least one of the, one of the examples here. In 1978... I was captivated by a girl. I was. I was so captivated by her. By the way, her name's Lori. She's my wife. I was so captivated by her that I spent, began to spend hours trying to figure out how I can get her captivated about me. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. How many of you like this? I can't, I mean, I, <laughs> I just wish she was here. He was here. I mean, you know what I mean? Captivated. In fact, she was so captivating in my life that there are new humans now on this earth because of so captivation that we, our paths were directed. I'll let y'all interpret that. Anyway, but isn't that neat? And in fact, in 1996, and everybody has a story, but in 1996, I, uh, we had come back from California. I was a, a general manager for a publishing and advertising company. Things were going well. We ha- were expecting our fourth child, and, and we were involved in a local church and leadership, and just really, and so there came a weekend where there was a church conference in Texas, and I, we loaded up a van, and I was driving a bunch of lay people down to this church conference, and so while we were there, you know, the church conferences where they have the big, large group, and then there's all these breakout workshops all day long. Well, I had picked, picked some workshops I thought was really relevant to what I thought uh, I would t- do, but because it was so big, by the time I got to the workshops, they were filled. And so I wound up going, okay, I know that next hour when they're going to be, and I'm going to be ready, but I'll just go sit in the one place that was open. It was the big room where it was meant for pastors. I just sit in the back. I did. I sit in the back. I thought I'd get a little nap, you know, get up a little quick and be there in front of everybody else in the other workshops. But it was in that time that I didn't plan, situation that I wasn't counting on, that I had distinctly heard the Lord in, in my heart say, this is what I want you to do. Now, I did like, um, maybe not like what you would do, but I uh, came home, as excited, and within about 24 to 48 hours, uh, I began to do the Jonah I mean, I started thinking about here, I got four kids. I mean, one on the, I, what do you mean? And I've never done this. And what does that mean? And, and uh, in the first service, I used a Noah. You know, some of you don't even know the difference. But anyway, what, they're both dealing with water. 
all right? I used the wrong word, and, my, and I had help, and so I realized that whether it's a fish or a boat, you're, you're, you know, you get, you're trapped, okay? But anyway, till God's ready, right? But no, I did the Jonah, and about a year and a half later, I was in vocational ministry, and that's where I've been ever, ever since. But isn't it interesting that whether it's a, a beautiful female in your life that knows the Lord and loves you, or it's the Lord, if you get captivated, you begin to have a course correction to what you thought was the direction that you were headed. I'm getting past some of my notes here. Two great examples, but I think the question is today to you is this principle of attraction, this, this, or excuse me, this principle of attention. You know, when you think about it, how many of you can remember all these dozens of times that you had, uh, you, you've gotten your attention diverted, maybe not in the most positive ways, and you wound up some places you didn't really mean to go. Author Andy Stanley writes this, looking back, there were people you wished you had never met, relationships you wish you'd never initiated, numbers you wish you'd never called, voicemails you wish you'd never acknowledged, business opportunities you wish you ignored. Life was better before that thing or that person grabbed your attention. Now, you don't have to nudge anybody, but think about it. That has happened to us. In many cases, you know, the path that you were on was the better path, but you, you, you got off track and it took you the scenic route altered your direction. Let me give you a little dialogue that might have happened in your mind, uh, or maybe it has before. Wow, would you look at that? Well, I probably shouldn't go there. But, But perhaps I should double check to make sure I shouldn't go there. Yep, I shouldn't go there. <laughs> Come on now, focus, 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 focus. Probably wouldn't hurt me though just for a moment. Has anybody ever had one of those little dialogues, you know, and, and you just kind of get yourself, you know better, but you go off and do it. One thing that happens when we take um, and we find ourselves being tractor beamed a certain direction is many times there's emotion involved. There's an emotional thing that you're either missing or needing, or there's this thing that grabs you and, and it moves in on you. There's, there's this appeal and, and, and it, it sucks you in. Have you ever been into one of those things, into one of these paths? You know, what I've observed is that things that tend to grab my attention are often the things that I should avoid. I'm talking about grab. I don't mean attract, you know, this was not, the, well, she didn't grab me anyway at first. Uh, anyway, advertisers, that was, can you mute that on the tape? Advertisers, though, you know, you think about it. They grab our attention. They, they, they're trying to sell a product, but there's no emotion in there, but they're trying to appeal to our emotion. They're neutral. There are things that, that, that grab our attention. We've got to be careful what captivates us because what captivates us influences our direction. Um, and that's what I just said, and I want to bring up to three things here. In a, in a brief, what, is the, what are we talking about here? There's a tension, which leads to direction, which leads to destination, right? And as your attention goes, so goes your life, right? So your attention, say that loud with me, attention 
Direct, uh, to, all right, and destination. And I love what it says in Proverbs 4.25. Solomon speaks to this. We've said it already before. But he says, he, he says look, fix your eyes. It's this, this thing, this uh, attention. And, and we've got to make sure that when we talk about capture, what I'm talking about since tend, tends to be a positive thing. But what grabs you, what you weren't even planning on it, grabs you, it can be negative. So positive, negative. Capture attention, grab you. But I want to add two more words here. There is a word called give and there's a word called power. Hey, like I'm going to give my attention to something. That's intentionality. Over here is emotion. Over here is just reactive. And over here is intentional or proactive. It's deciding something. It's having intention that I'm going to pay attention to something. Do you see what I'm saying here? And can I tell you, giving my attention to something, deciding what I'm going to give my attention to, and paying attention always bring back a positive in your life. Um, I want to read a quick story here. It's interesting when you think about it. Uh, it's a story about uh, uh, Andy Stanley's Labrador retriever. And he says this. I'm gonna, I don't know if it identifies with this. Anybody can. But he says, I have a black lab named Shadow who, whose attention seems to be genetically locked in on food. I can relate to that. I don't know about you. When it comes to food, I don't think Shadow really has a choice. It seems as if she can't help but follow a food-related scent. This has sent her into some not so pleasant directions. As you might be aware, people like to give their pastors food, actually food in ties, but I rarely wear a tie, so I get lots of food, especially at Christmas. People are generous and gracious, and they, they, they bring large quantities of food to our doorstep, but they don't want to bother us, so they don't ring the doorbell or even knock. So they just leave these things by the front door, or so they say. We don't know for sure because we, get, we don't get to see what they brought. We just see traces of what they brought. We know that somebody's brought us something of a perishable gift item because usually there are bits of paper and ribbon and scattered all over the front yard. And when we're able to locate a card, we write a thank you note, but we were always pretty vague about it because we're really not sure what they brought. Maybe we should ask Shadow to write the ones and you know, the thank you notes anyway. <laughs> But, but can I tell you something? You know, Shadow, Andy's dog, uh, doesn't seem to have a choice but, uh, and, uh, of what her attention is. But can I tell you, we're not like the animal kingdom. We're not an animal. We're, we're God's creation and we're created in his likeness. And, and, and we can choose. We have a choice in so many things. You can pay attention. You can give attention and those are good things, but we have a choice to do that. Let me just say this. Emotion tends to few of those things, like I was mentioning, to grab or capture. But intentionality, the fact that I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to give praise to God, the fact that I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to read God's word, the fact that I'm going to get up and go to work and say, thank you, God, for this job, the fact that I'm going to be intentional when I'm in the parking lot, not to misrepresent Jesus while I'm behind the wheel. I'm intentional because I can tell you what my flesh wants to do in default. Intentionality brings about great things. It's a key. Those are keys. And is this thing that's luring me, grabbing my attentions, trying to, you know, is it emotional? Is it something I'm missing? Is it something that, or is it in, that I made a decision to do? Again, back to Proverbs 4. Let your eyes. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes. Pay attention. I love fix because it's, it's intentionally focused. 
So here we have as we, we make a choice today. Everybody in here can make a choice, right? So say with me, I have a choice to make today. Every day. I have a choice every day to make a choice, a choice to fix my eyes and gaze directly on it, to choose the direction that I'm going or not. You will head down whatever direction you point to. You will follow whatever you focus on. And can I tell you, God is looking for a people to reward and bless as we fall in line with him, as we follow him. But here's the, here's, here's the bigger question. This kind of leads us to help you making the right choice. What has your attention these days? What has your attention? What are you riveted to? What are you just can't wait to get done with whatever so you can go listen to it or watch it? I can tell you, and I'm not saying this to anybody in this room, but there are people that cannot get enough of this media about what's happening in the White House. And can I tell you, being informed is a great thing, but if you're fixated, if you're grabbed, if, if all you ever want to know is the, the most recent spin on the spin, which is spun up in the first place to spin you around... Sounds like a crazy dance. You know, I'd rather you be fixed on the Lord and the sovereignty of the Lord and the hope of the Lord and the might of the Lord and the love of the Lord and the grace of the Lord. And then we get the, we get the wash basin and towel out more than we're worried about what's on C-spin in. I think I just made that one up. What has your attention? Is it a relationship? A career? Your house? Your, your hobby? Your sport? Your, whatever your enjoyable pastime is? Where is it leading you and is it going where you want to go and where you want to wind up? Is it a person? Is there a person in your life leading you towards a place you really don't want to be? Is it your children or is it your faith? Is it an achievement you hope to accomplish? See, there's those decisions to be made. But the second thing is, and what's really better, is what do you want to have your attention be? So you have a choice. You're not shackled. If you're a believer, then the power of the living God is in you, and you have dominion, you have authority over the things that have bound you in the past that you didn't have control over, but they can be habits, sure, but now you're not bound by them because in the name of Jesus, you have the ability to break that. So you can ask yourself today, I don't know what I've been living with all these years, but today I'm deciding to go the way of the Lord. I'm not going to have any other gods before me. I'm going to have him as my Lord and as the wisdom that I'm going to follow, and I choose him today hmm is that really possible can I tell you it is I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 kind of gives us a way to do this he says forgetting what's behind how many has a past we all have a past okay hold on a minute you just had of a past just 30 seconds ago right it's just, it's fading away. But guess what? We can forget what's behind and strain towards what's ahead and press towards the goal. What? To win the prize for which God has called me. God has called you. Can I tell you, everybody's been called. You say, well, not as a pastor. You were called to be you and to be the best you you can be with his help. Amen. That gives him glory. The heavenward calling of Jesus Christ. 
Philippians 3.15 says this, all of us. How many is that? All of us who are mature. Now, there's a question mark there. There's a choice. Am I going to be mature or immature? But all of us who are mature, what, should take on such a view of things, that, that, a view. And it, and it talks about this focus of life. And so in Hebrews 2.1, it says we must pay more careful attention. I believe you're here today because you are a people that, that pay attention. You are a people that want a better thing for your life or you wouldn't be here. But he's saying here we need to pay more attention. Why? Because there's more distractions in this world than it's ever been before. Have you noticed that? you look at our children and what they're dealing with compared to what you dealt with at their same age, there's more. So we have to pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we don't drift away. That's why you need to be in the Word of God, whether that's being electronically or if that's listening to it audito- you know, through your ears, if you're auditory in nature, it, it, you, you need to be in the Word. Why? Because you're going to forget about it. There's too many other things to distract you. You need to bring around other people that are headed in the same way so that when you're kind of forgetting and you're looking over them, my wife goes, hey, you need some people in your life that goes, hey, keep your eye on the road. Put that phone down. Watch out what you're doing. And if you're out of the same car they're in, honk. Because I can tell you what, you don't want some paths to go the way they're headed or you'll have a destruction. And we don't want that. In Hebrews chapter 12, I love this. And Paul is writing this and he says, fix our eyes. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter. Fix our eyes on the perfecter of our faith who, for the joy set before him. This is what Christ did. He set the joy of the Lord before him, and that's what he focused on. And he went on to say, consider in Philippians, and your attitude should be the same as Christ. He's talking to the church of Philippi, and he says, look, you need to have the same as Christ, who's been in the very nature of God, did not what? Consider equality with God as something to be grasped. But he said, but he made himself nothing to take on the very what? nature of a servant. Folks, we did that in the last few days. I know you all do it. It's in you. But the more we do the wash basin and towel, the more that we serve others, the more that we love God and love others, the more we bring glory to him. And the more we're in line with him, he humbled himself. But he goes on. He goes on, and this is, this is a critical point in the message today. He goes on and says this, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. Amen. That the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every, say every with me, every knee, it means everybody that has knees or no knees, I'm sure, but it's a posture. Every knee should bow. Now here's the thing, comma, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Basically, there's going to be a day when Jesus comes back. That's how much time you're going to have. And however you've been directing your life, the path that you're on, where you find yourself in light of eternity, there's going to be a time where everybody, whether they've gone before us and they're in heaven, whether they're living on earth at the moment or under the earth means in hell, they're going to have to acknowledge Jesus. That's what he wanted them to say, saying, hey, hello, everybody, this is going to happen. This is going to happen, and then every tongue's going to confess. I don't care, atheist, Buddhist, Muhammad, whoever, holy Honda, I don't know, whoever, right? They're going to say Jesus is Lord. Hmm. 
And when we think about that, that gives us a choice to make. Where will we be? Where will we be along the path? Remember at the very beginning of our series, we talked about the prudent person versus the simple. We said that the prudent person, when they saw danger ahead, they made adjustments. They didn't just put their head in the sand like an ostrich. The, the prudent person adjusts, but the simple person just says, oh, I'm going I, I to, I'll get to it. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and then I'm going to pay the penalty. So, uh, here's the danger. Here's the danger. I hope you see it. If you pursue anything less than Jesus, you may end up bowing your knee from a destination that you never wanted it to be. Think about that. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, fix your eyes on Jesus. And why is that? Because he is the way. He's the path, not just to heaven. He's the path of fulfillment. He's the path of purpose. He's a path where you want to go. In John 14, 6, again, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. Now, now listen, listen. We might say, yeah, I got it. But he's the way that you should go. Because there's no one ever going to come to the Father except through him. And remember, whatever you have your attention on determines your direction. And whatever direction you have determines where you're going to wind up. It's a choice. You have a choice to follow Jesus today or Follow Jesus, something else other than Jesus. Now, now I, I know that in this room there have been people who in the past maybe have said yes to Jesus. But you've gotten distracted. You know, I can remember those young people who give their heart to Jesus or call into the mission field at camp. And, and they have this amazing moment of five days and, and they just can't stop talking about it. But over the years they begin to get a little less as here. They remember the event. Some of you adults, God wakes up in you and you get excited and you haven't got over that, but it's become a history statement, not a present statement. You have a choice. Some of you have never said yes to Jesus. And so I want to end with this today. I want us to I'll stand if you don't mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead us in a prayer. And we, I would like us all to just repeat after me. It's a prayer for both the people who know and people who don't know. And the reason I want to do this is I want you to uh, pray this either from your heart or pray it just from your mind or just pray it and say, Lord, I don't know what to do with this and let him have his way. And it's so important. Why today? Why is it so intense today, Pastor? Why are you? Because I saw a family that dropped off their kids to go play with their favorite aunt. Not ever thinking that life was about to change their whole situation. And it changed. No time to prepare. No time to do anything about it. And that could happen to any of us. And I just want, because I care about you, to truly know you've got a choice.
It's not about this church. I, I don't want you to be a member of this church. I want to be, you to be a member of heaven. And I want you to walk in his peace. One of the things that people kept saying about this family that you should never have to go uh, bury your children. But they, were, they had this strength and people, they, they kept giving God the glory. We would only be able to do this because God's our peace, because God's our hope. I know God's got our eternity. I know God's got my children. I know he's got me. Can you say that today? So if you bow your heads with me and just repeat this, if you want, you do not have to, but just, just let it come in however it's supposed to come in. I just wrote this out. Jesus, I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Say that with me. Jesus, I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm choosing to follow you today. I admit that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Forgive my sin. Help me to put you first in my life. Help me to fix my eyes on you. Help me to walk in your path. Save me. Lead me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Whether that was your first time to pray that, whether you believed it or not, but let me just say, if it was real to you, you and God have a little business to do and say, God, I believe in my heart. And you profess with your mouth, you're saved. Reconcile where you stand with God today and make that prayer yours today. Father, now as we leave as your kids, we need your help. We need your help with this world that is so distracting to help us know the path and stay on it. God, I ask for your Holy Spirit to just uh, be awakened in each person here. I pray, Lord, for those that don't know you to, to, to find you quickly, but those of us that know you, Lord, let us bring you back into the focus of our, our direction. Captivate us. Get our attention, Lord. Give us direction, Lord, because the de destination we want to be is with you, bringing you glory and honor. And if you're in agreement with that, just say amen. 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 God bless you all. We're getting ready to go out into the mission field. Carry him well, go in boldness and peace. God bless you, dismissed.